this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. It's time for the show that brings the magic right to your speakers. Ears up! Welcome, everybody, to the scariest version of this show ever. The Scary Stories Halloween episode number two. I'm very excited about it. So excited. Best episode ever. Yeah, it's going to be a good time, man. Uh, So, uh, much like last year, we wrote... Scary stories. These are original stories centering around some aspect of Disney. I don't know what it is. Um, I only know mine. I don't know anybody else's. And uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it, man. I think last year's was really good. I think we did a really all we all did a really great job. And uh, I think that mine's the best again. That's Probably. just how it goes. I'm, yeah. You always do. Every, no matter what we do, if it's anything creative, yours is the best. Right. Thank you. Thank you, no, Taryn. No, that's not what I'm I'm going to pull that clip for the end of the year awards, <laughs> oh, and that's going to be God. the intro song. Is that just auto-tuned Four Ways to Hell? That is. The funny, I, that's just going to be the whole show. Just that on loop. <laughs> that was taken out of context. <laughs> fun- yeah, well. Um, All right, Trump. I actually only remember <clears throat> your, ter- yours, you, Taryn and Jason's. Uh, I, don't, I don't even remember what mine was last year. I found mine from last year, and I was like, oh, garbage. All right. Oh, really? oh man. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Do you think you did it's, better this year? Or, or? Nope. I do. That's good. Improvement is always good. I think I did worse. Watch it to but be we'll totally see. terrible, and I'm, like, really excited. <laughs> well, I'm a little nervous because you guys were talking about how long your guys' is, is, and mine is... Whoa. Your story, uh, and I mine is not as long, so I'm a little nervous about that. But whatever, <laughs> it's content, right? It's yes. about qu- quality, not quantity. Exactly. There you go. There you go. Uh, but before we do all of that, of course, I do want to remind you guys we are on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest. We are on Twitch. I need to get back to, to streaming gaming. Um, I've just been really busy playing World of Warcraft again. So, uh, And I think that's really boring on Twitch, but maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, um, I got to get back on that. So I apologize for nobody who is trying to find us over there. Uh, feedback on the show goes to Taryn at earsup-podcast.com. Show suggestions goes to Terrence at earsup-podcast.com. And it's T-E-R-R-E-N-C-E, just in case you are sending stuff and it's bouncing and you're like, well, forget this kid anyway. You can say hi, hi. To, Be- <laughs> to Bev and uh, anything else you want comes to me, Jason. Um, and I want to remind you also, Concy Ears is open for you. They are waiting patiently by the phone, specifically for you, dude. So stop what you're doing. Call them. Book your vacation to Disney World today. They also recently announced, and I don't know how Concy Ears is dealing with this, but they, being Disney, uh, announced uh, Disney Cruise Lines are opening in 2021. Or no, 2022. The first part of 2022. Yeah. So uh, we have that to look forward to as well. Of course, by then, Disneyland will be open, hopefully, (laughs) and uh, all that kind of stuff. But 
definitely, uh, you know, you, you guys are, a lot of you are reaching out to me and saying you're booking through concierge. I really appreciate it. Send them an email. Uh, find them on, you know, go to their webpage, hit them up on social media, thank them for supporting the show. Uh, it means a lot to me. It means a lot to them to know that you guys are out there and you are hearing about them through this uh, little radio program we do. So check them out. They're good people and they will definitely help you have the best time at Disney World until Disneyland opens because that really is the best place to go. Any feedback, Taryn, today? We do. We have we have one, and it's quite long, but right, it's go. uh, it's a good. It's good. It's good. It's a good. It's a good. Okay. This is from Lindsay. Hello, Lindsay. Hi, Jason, <laughs> Taryn, Terrence, Jeremy. Huge fan of Jeremy as a human. His Whoa. recorder skills and Spectre Radio, of course. And hi, Bev. Hi. My name is Lindsay, and I live in Orange County, about 10 to 15 minutes from the parks, and I've been listening to the show for years and years. Humble brag. I'm 15 minutes from the park. <laughs> I, I actually went all the way back to the beginning and started from episode one. Oh, I know. Geez. I'm pretty dedicated. I purchased my first churro sweatshirt a couple months back and was part of the group that had to wait a whole month for my sweatshirt to be printed. Yeah. Damn COVID. Needless to say, it was well worth the wait. I'm super happy about my purchase and plan on getting more. Anything to support my favorite podcast like ever. Yes. I Thank you. <laughs> I started listening to the podcast about five years ago or so when I started dating my girlfriend at the time, now fiance, and she lived in San Diego. Nice. So on my biweekly drives to San Diego and back to Orange County, I'd get in about one to three episodes depending on the length and dreaded SoCal traffic. Not, yeah, that, that San Diego to L.A., it's supposed to take three hours, but I don't know if anybody's ever done it in three hours. It, I think one time it goes down to a two-lane highway. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. we tried to do it with Matsy. And it was like, we, we can't. There was an accident. It was done. Yeah. Like four and a half at least every yeah. single time. It's Atrocious. bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, this would allow me to get some solid hours of you guys in. You guys are really hilarious. I love the history. I love the facts. But what I love most is the banter. I feel like I'm sitting wherever I am just listening to my friends go back and forth. And I absolutely love it. Now, my fiance and I listen to you guys together. Disney is a huge part of our relationship. We are both APs, and we do an annual stay at the Disneyland Hotel. And I actually proposed to her two years ago in the Adventureland Tower. We oh, nice. Were, we were supposed to get married this past August, but COVID happened. So we're postponing till next August. And the best part is, because of this show, we are in touch with James over at Concierge. There we go. And nice. He, and he's been helping us plan our honeymoon. To wrap this feedback up so I don't bore you all to death, ah, you're good. I might be an episode or two behind by the time you read this to feedback, but I just recently finished the History of the Disneyland Grand Hotel and Spa episode, and I must say, Bev, you did an awesome job. Whoa. Oh, that's so nice. I think Bev actually wrote this. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. This I Science actually... of uh, Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I learned a buttload of new info that I never knew before. Another reason to love this show. You might be a Disney fanatic, but there's always little tidbits I learned from the show that I didn't know before. Yeah. To leave you guys with a little question, not meaning to open up a a freshish wound, but with the financial <laughs> loss the parks have experienced, do you think Splash Mountain, Princess and the Frog change will be postponed, delayed, canceled indefinitely? Not to stir the pot. <laughs> I mean, that's a good question. I, I don't think it'll be postponed indefinitely because it is sort of the social change that they they need to be making, and they've already sort of like staked their that flag and that mound, you know. But. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to have to be delayed a little bit. I have a feeling they've already started, to be honest with you. I do, too. I think they're in mm. there doing it. 
I mean, they might as well be. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Hmm. I know cost is probably an issue, but I mean, they they know they're eventually going to reopen. They'll recoup those costs and it'll eventually be worth it. I'm still wondering how much construction is actually going on within the parks. I don't know if everything has come to a halt because I'm wondering. It's, yeah, number one, they're going to do it. Number two, I'm wondering what's going on with Marvel, um, the Marvel thingamajigger. Campus. Thing. Yeah, Thank campus. You. I think that they're still adding stuff to, to your point, Terrence. I think that they're yeah. doing something like that. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Uh, to finish up, do you guys have any more comments? You guys good? I'm good. Okay. I said the piece. All right. Thank you guys again for the amazing content, for kind of keeping my Disney tank from falling below empty during this crazy time and just being a super fun, positive thing to do in the weird times we are living in today. You are much appreciated, and I selfishly hope you all continue this show forever and ever. Hope to see you guys in the park someday. Later, ears up team and Bev. Lindsay. Very good. Yeah. Thank you, Lindsay. That was a wonderfully written email. Preach. That's fantastic. Preach. Uh, if you want to support the show like Lindsay did, go to uh, Etsy.com slash shop slash Coveers and buy yourself a bunch of stuff. One of everything, to sure, be honest why not? with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we even got some Coveers up there, too, in case uh, that's still a thing. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but the best way, of course, go to Patreon.com slash Ears Up. That is 100% the best way because you can uh, sign on as little as 2 bucks a month and you're directly helping to support the show. And then at the $5 level, you actually get stuff in return like access to our secret show, which we're going to be doing later tonight, which, of course, I did not put the link for the uh, for the Patreon people in Patreon yet. So I will have to do that during one of your stories. So I'll have to tune out for a second. So I apologize. Oh, OK. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, not mine. that's the best. No, of course not, Taryn. I would never do that. I'm going to be well, sitting I mean, lovingly. You have a job during mine, so... To sit and stare lovingly. Thank you. At the wall. Um, But yeah, check that out. Patreon.com slash ears up. That's the best way to support us um, pretty much anytime, honestly. Updates. We have some updates. There's a new Bantha Milk podcast that is out right now. You can go check that out on our page. Uh, There's a new Supreme Resort out, I think. I don't actually really know. (laughs) <laughs> what Jimmy did, um, they I think they what they did is they went on someone else's show uh, that's a Six Flags focused pod, and then they talked about Critter Country or something like that. Hmm. Um, I don't know. It's pretty cool. Uh, so check it out. Uh, I do like the sort of like merging between the two shows of uh, you know someone else's you know entity mm-hmm. when, when when theme parks can overlap, especially Disneyland and and, and someone else. That should be pretty a, a pr- pretty good time. I'm still waiting for my invite, but I mean, I guess they don't. Whatever. Yeah, I don't know, man. To um, Supreme Resort. Yeah. Yeah, they invited me back. Are you serious? <laughs> Dang! Wow. What did I do to them? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> but uh, anyway, don't forget to subscribe to Scraping the Vault, which is the Supreme Resort folks' uh, new show. It's available everywhere. Like it and rate it and subscribe it and do all the fun stuff there. Do the same with Bantha Milk. All of our shows, thank you very much. We also have an, a new in-depth that Jeremy and I recorded last Thursday. That is out as well. So lots of new content here hanging out for you. And what else is here for you is the 21st Amendment and their iconic Hell or High Watermelon Wheat Beer, which has become a summertime favorite since they started making it in 2000 at their San Francisco south of Market Brew Pub near Giants Park. The brewers at 21st Amendment decided to have some fun, finally, and with a nod to the fall season, developed their latest beer, Hell or High Mango. 
Hell or High Mango is made with real fruit and is sweet, slightly tart with tropical floral flavors and aromas. It's a perfect beer to enjoy during this fall time of year as the colors and the season changes. I think Sully's listening, so I should probably read this properly. Behind all that great mango flavor and aroma is a wonderful wheat beer with its biscuity, <laughs> light breading notes, and at a mere 4.9% ABV, is even more enjoyable. Hell or High Mango is available across the country where 21st Amendment beer is sold. Go out and enjoy a Hell or High Mango today. <laughs> good job. Pretty good? No? All right. No, fantastic. Yeah, I'll refund you, Sully. Don't worry about it. <laughs> no, he won't. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. It's time for the good stuff. It's time for stories. I feel, yes. I feel like my voice needs a rest. Taryn probably read a bunch of feedback. So I think Terrence or Beverly should go first. And I think uh, I'm going to turn the lights down a little bit. Okay. Got to get okay. spooky in here. Hold on. Wait for it. Oh, now I'm just glowing blue from the computer. That's okay. <laughs> it's kind of rad looking, actually. <laughs> it does look good. Okay. I'll go first. <laughs> if you want me to, Beth? Yeah, I don't care. Okay. I'll Hold go on. First. I got lights. <laughs> Nice. Ooh. That's pretty creepy. That's better, yeah. And then my candelabra. Ready? Ready? <laughs> Only one of the three light bulbs work, but... Oh, I was waiting. It's I was like, what, what, what else happens? Yeah. This, nothing. Like, yeah, cool. This is awesome. Yeah. Wait, what? Okay, so go ahead, right. please. Scare <clears throat> us. You ready? Yes! <clears throat> let's go! I- I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, no, No problem at all. Sarah had barely noticed that the man bumped into her while she was passing through Adventureland. He barely touched her, and while it was nice of him to apologize, you've got to expect some contact through that part of the parks. After all, nothing could ruin her mood right now. Sarah and Roger were childhood sweethearts from the great state of Idaho. After years of dating and even more years of her asking, Roger had finally decided to pop the question. Their wedding was two days prior, and they were spending their honeymoon at the happiest place on earth. Nothing could be better. It was both of their first times there, and they definitely needed their trusty map to navigate this labyrinth of excitement. Uh, we're headed to Splash Mountain, right? Asked Roger. No, I, th- I think I want to do pirates first, replied Sarah. Roger was a little surprised because Sarah had been talking about Splash Mountain the entire plane trip there. The lines at pirates was not terribly long, but there seemed to be an extraordinary number of people in line. Way more than it looked like to Sarah when they got into line. Goodness, is it possible for people to manage their children? Sarah muttered under her breath to Roger, who seemed to be oblivious to the entire thing. 20 minutes minutes later, they were loading onto their boat. The cast member on the right side was inspecting their boat and froze when he came to Sarah. He just stood there, mouth agape for what seemed like minutes staring at her. Yes? Is everything okay? asked Sarah. After five more seconds of silent staring, he whispered, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. And signaled to launch the boat. That, that's strange. As the boat slowly made its way out of the loading area, Sarah turned to see the cast member sprinting out of the attraction. The same thing happened on the next few rides on Mansion. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. While loading on onto the Doom buggy. At Big Thunder, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry as leaving, while leaving the gate. As strange as it was, so many people were saying the same thing. The stranger thing is that their face looked sad, maybe even apathetic about the entire thing. All the while, her cell phone in her front jacket pocket was beginning to get hotter and hotter. 
Sarah and Roger finally made it to Splash Mountain. While loading onto the boat, the pocket of Sarah's coat swung against her pant leg and nearly burned her. She reached into her pocket to get her now scalding hot cell phone, only to find that instead it was a molten hot lava small coin. It burned her hand as she grabbed it and she plunged her hand into the water and the ride and a small plume of smoke followed as the water cooled both her hand and the coin. When she pulled her hand out of the water, she realized that she had accidentally released the coin. Uh, For your safety, ma'am, please remain seated. Keep your hands, arms, feet, and legs inside the boat and watch your children squeak to close see him who's barely looking at her. But when the cast member turned to face Sarah, she pressed the green button to release the boat and, just like the others, said, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Sarah enjoyed the ride, but she was a little preoccupied with the throbbing pain that the coin had left in her hand. Reaching the end of the ride, a manager hurriedly approached Sarah. Ma'am, I think you dropped something. Oh, yeah, I'm not sure how I even got. You need to come with me now. Where are we going? Asked Roger, excitedly hoping to see the backstage area. Not you, just her. Oh, well, that's, that's, that's okay, Sarah. Now, I need to use the restroom anyway. Meet you by Winnie the Pooh? Um, okay, sure. This way, ma'am. The manager led Sarah down a few dark corridors that ended in a small, windowless room with a single table and two chairs. Sit. Sarah sat down and wondered what in the world was happening. Why was she here? Sarah opened her mouth to speak, and before a syllable could even get out, the manager slammed the coin down on the table. Look, Sarah, is it? I'm going to make this quick. How did you get this coin? I, I, I don't know. What is this all about? You're cursed. What? Well, sort of. You see, there's several of us here that know what this whole thing is about. The coin belonged to Walt. In fact, it was in his apartment. Someone took it during their walk in Walt's footprint tour, and it's been passing from person to person ever since, and it's cursed. Owning it means that you owe something back to Walt, to the park. I, I think I have my checkbook, if that's what you mean. No, Walt gave his life for this park. He demands a life in return. A, a life? Yes. Everyone, who, uh, everyone that has been in this position recognizes those that are facing this dilemma. Why do you think that people kept apologizing to you? They weren't sorry, but they were sorry for you. Because you have to decide who dies. If you do nothing, then you will die. If you tell anyone what is happening, then you and someone that you love will die. Someone's going to die. That much is true. But here's the thing. It does not have to be your life. You have a long time ahead of you, right? Why should you have to die? What are you saying? I'm saying this. Give it to someone else. Figure out a way. But if you don't have it, you're no longer accountable. The choice is yours. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Sarah sat in the room for a few minutes, pondering what all of this meant. Could she really choose someone else that should die? But it shouldn't be her, right? She and Roger had too much left to do in life. Sarah made her way down the hallway and thought about this decision that was facing her. Everything okay, Sarah? Huh? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, Roger, I'm okay. Well, let's head to Carthay. It's almost time for our reservation. Sarah walked zombie-like towards the front gate. 
her hand limp as a noodle as Roger held hers. How could she do this? She loved Roger, but could she just let someone else die? Sarah, are you okay? Here, cheer up. We have a long trip left, and we have a long life ahead of us. As the words reached Sarah's ear, she bumped into an older gentleman as they were passing Indy. We do, she thought. Reaching her hand into the gentleman's overcoat, she dropped the coin inside of his pocket and whispered, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. No problem at all, young lady. Good job. I thought that was great. Yeah. I, it was good. My only question Sarah's is... Sarah's a jerk. Well, she's a jerk, but also, why is dude wearing an overcoat in California? Uh, it was cold. Taryn, yes, gotcha. and. <laughs> I know, I'm just kidding. I loved it. I thought that was I thought that was great. Yeah. Thank no, you. No, that Appreciate was really it. good, Taryn. <laughs> You're as bad as Jason's phone. <laughs> I am. <coughs> I actually I I was like I was captivated. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate it. Jason's getting in the spirit. Yeah. I like Halloween. Clearly. <sighs> okay. Who wants it. to go next? <laughs> I can go next. <laughs> okay, go ahead, Beth. Um, so apparently Terrence and I were channeling one another because the main character in my story is also named Sarah. And she has oh, a wow. coin? Please tell me it's like the same <laughs> basic structure. She doesn't have a coin. Damn it. <laughs> that would be the most amazing. Sorry. I'm so sorry. No. <laughs> I stole your story. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm so, so sorry. sorry. I'm so sorry. Okay. Um, Sarah was so excited. She was going to Disneyland with her best friend, Ashley. She'd been wanting to go there her whole life. And finally, for her 18th birthday, she was going. Sarah's friend, Ashley, had been to Disneyland several times. So Sarah was really excited to be able to go with someone who was familiar with the parks. As soon as they arrived at the resort, they decided they wanted to go on Tower of Terror. It had always been Ashley's favorite ride, and having been a fan of the Twilight Zone since she was younger, Sarah was interested in giving the ride a go as well. As they made their way towards Hollywoodland in California Adventure, Sarah noticed that the crowd was becoming noticeably lighter in this area. But having never been there before, she just assumed this was normal. As they made their way into the entrance of the Tower of Terror, Sarah noticed they seemed to be the only ones there. No one else seemed to be entering this attraction. In fact, it didn't even look like a ride. It looked like a legitimate hotel. When they got inside the lobby, Sarah was shocked to see tons of people inside dressed in costumes from what appeared to be the 40s and 50s. It looked like a bustling lobby in a functioning hotel. They were greeted by a man who welcomed them to the Hollywood Tower Hotel. She was really impressed with how immersive this attraction seemed to be. Just then, a young man dressed as a bellhop with a very large and somewhat alarming smile came up to her and asked if he could take the girl's luggage up to their room. Sarah laughed. Luggage. She was just about to say no thank you. When to her shock, Ashley responded with, yes, thank you. That would be lovely. Sarah turned to look at her friend and was shocked to see that Ashley's entire appearance had changed since they had walked into the attraction. Gone was the ponytail, shorts, and tank top. The young woman who stood beside her now was dressed in a vintage dress and a fur wrap. When she looked down at herself, she noticed that her clothes had also been swapped into something more vintage. What the heck was going on? At this point, Sarah was officially freaked out. 
<laughs> she turned and asked Ashley what was going on. Where was the ride? Oh, and what the heck happened to her to their clothes? Only for her friend to look at her like she had lost her mind and ask her if she was feeling all right. Sarah thought, regardless of what was going on, it was probably wise not to make a scene. She decided to play it cool. Yes, I'm fine. She replied. Sarah looked. Ashley looked at her for a moment before saying. She was going to head up to her room to freshen up before dinner. She told Ashley she wanted to stay in the lobby and have a look around. After wandering around for about an hour, Sarah noticed that the entrance to the hotel, the one that she had just walked through not an hour ago with her friend, was gone. There was no way out. It was at this exact moment that Sarah noticed the same bellhop who had offered to take their luggage up to the room was staring at her with the same giant unnatural smile. She decided she would go over and ask him what was going on. She had heard Disney was really good at theming, but this was a bit extreme, and she was starting to get scared. The bellhop didn't give her any information. He told her to sit down, relax, and enjoy her time at the Hollywood Tower Hotel, all the while wearing the same terrifying smile. That was it. Sarah had had it. She was going to find Ashley and find a way to get out of here. She got on the elevator to go up to her room when something dawned on her. Of course she should get on the elevator. That was the whole premise of the ride. Once she got on, the ride would commence and end, and then this whole experience would be over. As she stepped onto the elevator, she stood next to a young, a young woman who looked as though she had been crying. The woman looked at her straight in the eyes like she knew exactly what Sarah was thinking and said, I ride this elevator every day, but it makes no difference. Only a few of us realize it. The others are oblivious, but we're trapped here. Riding the elevator won't make it end. What Sarah didn't know was that the Tower of Terror ride hadn't existed at Disneyland for more than three years. Officially, Disney had said they had overlaid the original ride to keep the park up to date and that they needed more of a Marvel presence since they were now the owners of the famous comic book company. Unofficially, the company desperately needed to distance themselves from the ride since there seemed to be so many unexplained disappearances associated with it. Sarah and Ashley were never seen again. I liked that. That was awesome. Thanks. I did not see that ending coming. (laughs) (laughs) That was good. Uh, Very good. From what I heard, I was just I was playing with my pumpkins, and that was great, Bev. You did great. All right, Terrence, down to you and me. You want me to go? Uh, whatever. Sure. Excuse me while I cleanse my palate. So I'm really just gonna I'm just gonna replay the debates. (laughs) Oh, jeez. Well, that's that was scary. didn't watch a second of them yet. Uh, <laughs> Great. My main character, too, is also called Sarah. It is not. No, it's not. <laughs> oh, my God. No, it's not. But for those who keep track at home, that's two jokes in 30 seconds. So <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. I'm very excited for this. When Chuck woke up, he knew today was not going to be a good day. In fact, it was probably going to be the most stressful day of his life. Chuck had always thought Disneyland was a weird place, even before the lockdown happened. The place just gave him the creeps. Well, the people did, anyway. The place itself was fine. Buildings were just buildings. But people, people make a place what it is. And Chuck always felt that the people of Disneyland, who have been his fellow employees for the last 10 years or so, were always laying it on a bit too thick, trying too hard to blur the lines between theater and customer service. It's the same reason he never stepped foot in Starbucks. Service, for him, doesn't need to be with a smile. It just needs to be good. Do the thing, and then vamoose. 
because there's always something else to do. No, the Disneyland love skipped him, passed him by. It must have. His dad was the entire opposite of Chuck, at least when it came to the parks, which is probably why Chuck got a job there in the first place. But deciphering motivations and all of that head-shrinking stuff, those things never really held much interest to him. Psychology was just a fancy way of learning how other people think. Chuck never really cared about what other people thought. It was a waste of time. A lot like his dad's love of the parks. You wouldn't know it to look at the man, six foot eight, hands like vice grips. But when Chuck's dad was at Disneyland, he was a whole different person. It was churros this and Dole Whips that. It would have been fun if Chuck felt the same way. He'd always looked at rides and amusement parks as time not spent actually doing something. Even for a six-year-old, that was a little weird. Oh, well. Chuck liked to keep busy. It gave him a certain amount of clarity. And his father always told him, clarity of the mind means clarity of the spirit. Chuck let out a short burst of air through his nose every time he thought about one of his dad's sayings, partially out of repulsion and partially out of humor. Bringing the cigarette to his lips, Chuck drew in one long, soothing breath, just in time for his watch alarm to burst out in what was perhaps the most charming of all alarm variants, the klaxon. Chuck hated that sound. Couldn't stand it. But neither could anyone else, which is why he chose it in the first place. His first few months at Disneyland, the handful of CMs that still smoked, mainly maintenance and mechanics and such, but you'd get your one-off ride up in there, they would pester him during breaks in an attempt to initiate him into the largest secret organization in the world, the fraternal order of the employees who smoke together. Because when you smoke, you instantly have friends. And like most people, Chuck thought, they're usually only around to bum a smoke when they forget theirs. Chuck didn't like most people. Hence, the alarm. It only took a handful of moments like this for one of his fellow cast members to leave him alone when they saw him smoking, which was perfect. And Chuck liked perfection. Strived for it. Ever since he was a child, his dad made sure that everything Chuck did was perfect. As he stood up, exhaling the last bit of smoke from his lungs, he nimbly shoved the cigarette butt into the top of those long, fancy ashtrays they have backstage that are supposed to hide the smoke smell from everyone else. Which never worked, but hey, it's their money, not his. And with a short stretching of the back and a long yawn, Chuck stepped through the maintenance door at the back of the Star Wars launch bay and went back to work. Work, if that's what you want to call it, consisted of more unofficial smoke breaks and less actual physical work now that the parks were shut down. But his union was strong, and as a mechanic, his job was essential. One of the things Disney does well, or tries to anyway, is ride safety. Sure, there are mistakes, but shit happens which is another gym from Dad. Since he didn't really get along with people in the classical sense, Chuck's work history consisted of floating around from ride to ride, station to station, including a stint with the wet mechanics over at the Jungle Cruise, which makes him one of the few people there with knowledge on all things mechanical at the Disneyland Resort. So when the layoffs came and Disney knew they'd still need to keep those rides running, well, let's just say Chuck's phone never rang. As he walked down linoleum hallways, Bathed in that outdated light yellow light that seems to be state-mandated for buildings this old, Chuck's mind was focused. He would say laser-focused. But his dad would have probably gone with something classic. He was fully involved or keeping his eye on the ball. The thing about Chuck was, the thing that he really didn't let on to at work is that he was really, really good at his job. Fast, efficient, maybe not the safest, but his results were always top-notch, and that's all that really mattered. He prided himself in taking less time with a work order than the man before him, 
and he always was the fastest. Always. But the trick is, when you're this good, is to not let the suits know it. Keep your max working speed to yourself, your, quote, zero to 60, like his dad always called it. Be fast, be good, but if anybody's watching, tell them you still need some time to button things up. Milking the system was what dad was always best at. Chuck maneuvered down the corridor, past the boxes stacked in nooks, down the stairs. This building was so oddly shaped that there was plenty of dead space to be used for storage. It was also a favorite hangout of cast members because you never came under the thing unless you had something to do here or something to store here. For years after Captain EO shut down, they would store those 3D glasses down here because they had nowhere else to put them. Boxes and boxes of used 3D glasses. That was the redeeming quality of Disneyland, he thought. You have new technology and old technology rotting away equally. (laughs) Motors that no longer turned, pistons that no longer engaged, and glasses. Nobody came looking for Chuck down here, and it was quiet, especially now that the big wheel down the hallway didn't move. While he never saw the old Carousel of Progress show that used to run here, he'd heard about it. God, did he ever hear about it. All these people would talk about is Disneyland history. This ride was over here, and I think the history of this plant was right here, and how Walt once (laughs) ate chili one day and ripped a fart in this very room, and everyone got in line to take turns breathing it in. Chuck chortled, a drop of spit flying from his mouth, an image of Walt wafting his fart into the noses of his employees, then... In his signature Uncle Walt voice, calling for the next man in line to step up. Got him. The millennial kids were the worst to be around, though. I can't tell him shit. Experts on everything that doesn't matter in the world, like how this Star Wars building used to be about a dozen other things that nobody cared about and only until they were gone. As his dad would say, it takes all kinds. What Chuck was interested in, though, was the mechanics of this place. All the old rides, really. The stage that the Carousel of Progress was on used to rotate 360 degrees, which is a pretty cool sight from what Chuck understood. The mechanism was fairly simple. On the ground beneath the stage sat a round beam of metal, one side of a railroad track, really, and on that track sat a giant train car wheel. And as the wheel went around the track, the stage would turn. Grabbing a hold of a bit of chain-link fence to steady himself, Chuck felt giddy, anxious, unfamiliar feelings to him especially when he was down here, near that big round bit of track and that large wheel. Chuck liked simplicity, and it was hard to get anything more simplistic than the old Carousel of Progress stage system. In all those extra hours he gave himself by finishing up jobs faster than his younger counterparts, he'd come down here and just breathe. For him, this place wasn't about the history of Walt or the legacy of these hokey attractions that the general public somehow thinks are actually good. Being underneath the stage gave Chuck a calming place in a world that he felt more and more out of place in. This was something he could never tell anyone because it would sound nuts. But then again, Chuck didn't have anyone to tell, even if he wanted to. Funny how things work out like that. He swung his body into a crouch position and slunk underneath the stage. With no room to stand, he would have to work like this. Moving slowly towards the wheel on the far edge of the room, a form began to appear. Slowly at first, growing Larger as he moved closer. Good, he thought. It's still here. Not that he needed the reassurance, but there's always some amount of risk in doing something like this. Next to the dark mound of cloth was Chuck's tool bag and a flat can of Dr. Pepper. Chuck pulled his head-mounted lamp out of the bag and began to work. An hour later, he emerged from the maintenance door, tool bag in hand, back into the light of day. Squinting slightly, he checked his watch. Right on time, of course. Chuck was waiting for this day ever since the lockdown. Planned it down to the minute. It was flawless. 
He even worked in time for a couple of smoke breaks, just for some sense of normalcy, because what Chuck was doing was not normal. Slowly, he walked to the chair underneath the big blue patio umbrella behind his little sanctuary and lit up a cigarette. Inhale, exhale, rinse, repeat. The mechanics of simplicity all over again. He stood up, deposited the butt into that long, tall ashtray, picked up his bag, and headed out to the front of the house. Crossing Tomorrowland Way with that disgusting spinning ball, underneath the rotting tracks of the people mover, and spilling out of the hub, Chuck walked. Not fast, not slow, but with purpose, just like he practiced at home. But that didn't really matter because there was nobody around anyways. No co-workers to smile and wave at him, no looks to avoid, nobody to take an interest in his tool bag or why he was holding it so carefully. And that was the most important piece, not to draw attention to the bag. The last thing he needed was scrutiny. Not today. Walking backstage would have elevated his chances of running into people, and now with the parks closed, he could slip around any potential prying eyes or friendly faces. Down Main Street he went, hanging right at the end, through the door next to the old firehouse. Backstage again, but not for long, Chuck gave a quick look around and bounded up the stairs to the old flat overlooking Main Street. A quick turn of the key, and he was in. Closing the door quickly behind him, it was time to breathe. The old apartment was musty, but not in a rotting sense. It was in desperate need of a proper airing out, but that wasn't Chuck's job. Another thing he learned from his dad. Don't do other people's work for him. He could give two shits about the smell. He checked his watch. Shit, he muttered out loud. Somehow he slipped off his timeline. He'd have to really focus to pull this off. Into the room, around the little half wall, and it was just three quick steps to the window. Outside, down on the ground, he could see a group of managers milling about in front of the Mad Hatter, gesturing at various points of interest and pretending to give a shit about this park or the people in it. Chuck hated his co-workers, but he hated suits even more. All they do is break things. People, policies, backs. Fuck them, he muttered, and took a step back. He dropped to his knees and slowly, carefully, removed the blue-green glass lamp from its round wooden table. Lamp at the side... Chuck turned the table over, exposing its underbelly. He reached into his tool bag and removed five small pieces of stained wood, pre-cut and lined with plastic vinyl sheeting that he had underneath the carousel of progress. He held up one piece to the table, comparing the stain job. It was close enough, hopefully, to avoid any scrutiny from the cleaning team. The few people he did talk to never specifically said they cleaned under the tables, so Chuck should be safe. Quickly, he assembled the box longer than it was thick, with short, thin walls. Now this next part, this next part was all about skill. Gently, carefully, Chuck took his hammer and toenailed the side of the box underneath the table, as close to the lip of the table as possible. His measurements were precise. The lip of the old table that, was Walt, that Walt's lamp sat on hung just millimeters below the bottom of the box. This could actually work, Chuck thought. Slipping his hand into the tool bag, Chuck grabbed the Mylar bag. It was squishy, full of liquid, with the harder, less squishy object in the center. Chuck held it up, examined the seams for leakage, and sealed it into his makeshift box. Replacing the table, then the lamp, Chuck rose to his feet. He collected his belongings, and before turning to exit, placed two fingers on the table just above the box he so skillfully had hidden. Goodbye, Dad. 
The rest of Chuck's day was spent in similar fashion, crawling underneath the carousel of progress, filling his tool bag with concealed compartments of different shapes and sizes, depending on the destination, along with their corresponding Mylar bag of diluted isopropyl alcohol and whichever internal organ of his father's would fit in said box. Chuck had spent the better part of two months properly curing and preserving what he could of his father. Preserving the human body is no easy task for your average Joe, but then again, Chuck was far from average. Oh, Dad had made sure of that. Most nights after schoolwork was done, Chuck would close his books and descend into the basement to help his father with the family hobby, amateur taxidermy. While the two worked, Chuck's dad would tell him stories of how he would help out his dad and his dad before him. As the men in Chuck's family grew their skills, it was customary for the son to gift his father an example of his work, an offering of sorts, a thank you for passing the family history down to them. On this unusually hot day in October, Chuck was finally doing just that. Off Chuck went into Trader Sam's hunt with a liver, into the ceiling of the tiki room with the left lobe of his dad's brain. Behind the rock work next to Harold and the Matterhorn, he skillfully added a small rock outcropping and filled the dead space with the right one. Chuck was working against the clock to have his father's last wish honored, to be scattered, and I mean truly scattered, around the happiest place on earth. As the sun rose to greet the world the next day, Chuck woke with it. He made his usual breakfast of dry toast and black tea and sat in his usual spot in his kitchen. No music played as Chuck ate. The news didn't blare over the radio. His phone was still on the charger. It was just another day. Chuck punched in with the rest of his co-workers as usual, and as usual, they didn't greet him, and he didn't greet them. Chuck liked it that way, honestly. I mean, what would he have in common with anyone anyway? Had they spent the last two months embalming and then removing their father's internal organs? Chuck snorted out loud as two managers walked by, their badges swinging around like some metal one in a race, shirts crisply tucked in, hair coiffed just so. He hardly thought so. Before heading to his first ticket of the day, Chuck took a detour. Down behind Space Mountain, passing great moments with Mr. Lincoln, across the courtyard with the flag and the train station, and stopped right in front of the firehouse. Looking up in the window, Walt's light was still on, as usual, but Chuck's gaze was directed just below that, to the table below, out of view of the window, but he knew it was there. As he stood looking into the room where his father's heart had been placed only yesterday, Chuck began to smile. Just a bit, but enough. Today was going to be a good day. And that's it. Wow. <laughs> Holy crap, dude. I think you're broken, bro. You're broken. <laughs> I think I'm broken now. That's the... Facts. Wow. wow. That's, that's what I get for that, huh? That was, that was really good, but not at all what I uh, thought was I mean, happening. Yeah, for a while I was like, what's... I mean, there's going to be a twist. Like, what's the twist? What's going to happen? Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I felt that, too. And then I changed it. Like, when I was writing, I'm like, oh, this is weirder. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. No, that was, it was good. That was, that was a... Yes. Yeah? I. It was very good. Okay. Good. I'm glad. Okay. Are you ready, Taryn? I'm ready. Should I do the thing? Uh-huh. Nightly News. <laughs> Terrence ruined it. Terrence, shut up. I did. Start over. 
Good evening, and welcome to KERZ News. I'm Delta Fawn with a special report. Tonight, KERZ exclusively obtained a transcript of a recording found inside Disneyland Park. Disneyland has now been closed for 223 days due to the coronavirus, but new evidence points to a more sinister cause. KERZ News has obtained new evidence that a coup may have taken place inside the walls of the happiest place on Earth. And that is the real cause of the extended closure. According to one cast member, who provided us details under a condition of anonymity, at least two bodies have been recovered and both were mangled beyond recognition. The cast member believes one of them was a co-worker and the other may be the narrator of a recording that she found in It's a Small World. She was unable to share the actual recording with us, but was able to provide a full transcript Now, we have decided to read the transcript in its entirety out of respect for the presumed victim. Listener discretion is advised. Begin transcript. March 13th, 2020. Today I walked through the gates of Disneyland, and if all goes according to plan, I'll be staying here. Disneyland is closing its doors tomorrow due to a pandemic, and I've been furloughed from my job, so I've decided to hide and camp out in the shutdown park. Now, this wasn't a rash decision. I've been planning for it. I told my friends I was visiting my parents, and my parents thought I was visiting my friends. So no one knows I'm here, and since I will not risk a lifetime ban from Disneyland, I will need to remain completely anonymous throughout these recordings. I have one backpack. It's filled with cliff bars, a flashlight, a phone charger, three water bottles, a blanket, one roll of toilet paper, and this recorder, which I will use to document my journey. I plan to take the boat to Tom Sawyer's Island when it looks pretty crowded so I can get there unnoticed. Then, when the park is near closing, I will hide in the thick brush at the far west side of the island. Then, after closing, I'll swim across the river to where the Native American display is, and that's where I'll make my camp. Day 1, March 14th, 2020. Disneyland Park is officially closed, and I'm still inside. Even with my extensive planning, I can't believe I made it. Last night went well. Security did an an inspection of Tom Sawyer's Island, and I did see a flashlight at one point but I was so deep in the shrubbery he didn't see me. I woke up a little before dawn. It was, it was still dark, and I could hear some sounds. Not area music, but like the attractions were still running or something. Must be the night maintenance crew. It would ruin my life to get banned from Disneyland, so I need to stay hidden during the day and be extra vigilant when exploring the park at night. Day 2, March fifteenth, two 2020, 3.33 a.m. Tonight is my first attempt at leaving my camp. I just stepped foot in Frontierland. This is so weird. I hear something. It's near Big Thunder Mountain. It sounds like an animal, like a goat. All I can see is the animatronic goat, though, and and the ride isn't on, so I'm not sure what it could be. 5.29 a.m. I overheard the security guard on his phone telling someone that he, along with everyone on Disneyland's night crew, had been furloughed. He said that the only people that would still be working there are two ride operators who, during the day, would run each ride a couple times. Even the cameras and electricity are being turned off to save energy. Wow, this is great news for me. I'll have to watch out for the ride operators, but other than that, the park is all mine. Day 3, March 16, 2020, 2.17 a.m. I'm currently freely roaming the park. I'm literally the only person here. 
I feel like Walt Disney. There's no music and no lights. So aside from being super cool, it's, it's actually a little creepy. Right now, I'm heading towards New Orleans Square. Wait, I, I hear something. It's very faint. P- pirates? I, maybe I'm not the only one here. Yikes. Okay, I just poked my head into pirates and I don't see anyone. I'm going to go inside. 2.38 a.m. Okay. Uh, the, the guy at the entrance of the ride, you know, the one on the rocking chair, he's rocking and whistling. But there's clearly no electricity in here. I just shined my flashlight at him and, and he stopped instantly. The whistling and the rocking, it just stopped. What is going on? Okay, okay, I, I should leave. I should leave. Right? Yeah, probably, yeah. But, okay, but it's Disneyland. It's just, it's just a ride. It's just a ride. I'm fine. It's fine. It's fine. I'm going in further. 2.45 a.m. Okay, I'm walking down those steps that you can see next to the water where the boat would normally be. I'm almost at the bottom of the second drop. Can you, can you hear that? It's like clanking and laughing. Oh my God, what the? 7.02 a.m. I'm alive. Barely, but I am. I don't expect you to believe me, but those pirates are real. Even the skeletons. When I was down there and and I first turned that corner, I saw... What appeared to be the normal ride. Skeleton and crab on my right and, and, and the dark bar scene straight ahead. To be honest, the pirates were actually pretty decent at first. God, I can't, I can't believe I'm even saying that. They waved me over and when I walked over there, they invited me to have a drink. The pirate skeletons were actually talking to me. I mean, they poured me a dark, syrupy-looking beer from a, a barrel and... Since I'd been living off protein bars and water for the last few days, it, it went straight to my head. Now, I don't have full memories of the next few hours, but um, I remember being chased by that uh, plump, older baker woman inside the ride, but she wasn't holding bread. She was holding, like, a, a glass bottle, and she was definitely trying to hit me with it. And then that guy, the, the, the guy on the bridge with, with the dirty feet, well, he jumped off the bridge, he pointed his gun at me, and he stole my backpack. The rest is really hazy, but um, I I woke up completely naked in the jail cell at the end of the ride. Luckily, one of the skeletons was totally passed out, and I was able to grab his tattered pants. I was able to kick out one of the bars and and escape up the ramp out of the ride. I'm back at my camp now. I can barely move, or keep my eyes open for that matter, and I feel sicker than I've ever felt in my life. I really want to leave, but I need to rest first. When I wake up, I'll go tell the cast members operating the rides about what happened. I don't even care if I get a lifetime ban anymore. I just need to get out of here. Day 4, March 17th, 2020, 11.39 p.m. Well, I slept a lot longer than I wanted to. The ride operators have already left, so new plan. I'm just going to swim across the river, haul butt to the front gates, climb over, and my stupid Disneyland sleepover is done. All right, here we go. 11.56 p.m. I made it. Right now, I'm standing in front of the Golden Horseshoe, and I can't wait to get out of here. Wait. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What is that? Is that fire? Oh, my God. That looks like fire. It's coming from the entrance of pirates. Oh, oh God. It's it's a tiki torch. And is that Indiana 
Jones? Can you guys hear that? It sounds like, like they're chanting. Oh my god. Oh my god, there's an entire army of animatronics coming toward me. Indiana Jones, Trader Sam, like 50 pirates, and... Oh my god, there's a lion! They're coming after me. No. No, oh my, oh my god, they're very fast. Okay, I'm running toward the partner statue. I'm just going to run to the main entrance and climb over the gate. Oh my god, they've blocked off Main Street. I can't go to the front. Okay, think, think, think. Small world. Yes, small world is friendly. It's, it's got to be the friendliest ride here. Maybe, maybe I can find a safe place to hide in there. 12.01 a.m. So far, this seems good. It's really, really dark in here, but that should help me hide. Oh no, they're, they're getting close. I can see the light from the torches shining on the dolls. Oh no. Oh, oh god, the, the dolls are all looking directly at me. I thought I was hidden. No, 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 no. They've all jumped off their pedestals and the dolls are literally marching toward me singing, It's a small world. I have nowhere to go. The dolls are surrounding me. And, oh god, the other animatronics are closing in too. No, 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 please. I was just curious. I'll leave. I'll never tell anyone you guys are alive. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. They've trapped me. They're holding me down. If anyone ever hears this, I'm sorry. I only wanted to know what happens to the park after it closes. I had no idea. I'm sorry. My neck. (coughs) One of the dolls just took a huge bite of my neck. (coughs) Tell my family I love. End recording. According to our source, when she and her coworker began their shift the next morning, they were met with a bloody surprise in It's a Small World. She is quoted as saying, There was a lot of blood, and I could see some bones, but there was no flesh or meat left. After the incident, our source tells us that Disneyland officials reinstated the overnight security and surveillance team, but on the very first night back on duty, the security guard was chased, trampled, and allegedly consumed by the same animatronics as described in the recording. Our source tells KERZ News exclusively that Disneyland officials and Orange County Sheriff's Department have not allowed anyone to enter the park since her coworkers' remains were found. Based on security footage, however, it appears that animatronics have allegedly taken over the park and are looking for anything living to eat, including several feral cats who have called Disneyland home for years. The cause of the sudden change to these attraction characters is unknown, but our source says, quote, I have a feeling they've always been active, but they've never felt threatened until the first victim invaded their space during the few sacred hours they had to themselves overnight in the park. I think it upset them and gave them a reason they'd been looking for to overthrow the park that they believe belongs to them. It's unclear at this time... When these uncontrolled animatronics will be restrained, and if Disneyland Park will ever reopen. Disneyland officials and Orange County Sheriff's Department could not be reached for comment. This is Delta Fawn for KERZ News Special Report. We will now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Awesome. So since there's already been an F bomb in tonight's episode, yeah. it's fair for me to say what the Yeah, yeah, I forgot to warn everybody. Yeah, I was surprised by that actually. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> Jeez. 
Halloween, man. Yeah, I guess. What are you going to do? Wow, Taryn, this is the second time where I'm like, I feel like I come prepared. I'm like really <laughs> excited about what I have. I'm like, this is really good. Yours was really good. And you really knock good. it out of the park. Uh, well, Dude, I appreciate was, it. <laughs> I was actually scared. I'm not even going to lie. Like I was thinking about like putting myself in her in her position and I was like, oh, I would just, I would die. She had way more of like a will to live than I would have. <laughs> Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, I I had a tough time writing it, but it was at the, Jason. Um, I had to get a little bit of a a boost. You don't need to tell anybody. I know your story was great on its own. Man. It was good. It, it, it I just didn't know what direction I should go in. I had too many ideas, but it, it all worked out. I think at the end, the it worked. <laughs> I like that we all like kind of incorporated like current day you know like the i don't know it was just it was cool oh yeah with the kobe yeah you got to right yeah it made it makes them relatable yeah kobe kobe Kobe. oh geez too soon on like all the levels (laughs) i say that all the time and people are what is wrong with you yeah (laughs) i I see why (sighs) um i got a little bit wait what is going on here first of all stop (laughs) <laughs> These ads are killing me. There we go. Um, I got a little bit of something I like to call Disney news to do. <laughs> March in the past, present, and future with all the news that's fit to cover. It's the years of Disney news. But not a whole lot because we have Secret Show coming and, uh, you know, I've, I'm kind of tired of talking but there's some important news to talk about right now mainly california finally issues reopening guidelines for theme parks outdoor stadiums after month-long closures and uh it's it's good news i guess because it gives these theme parks something to shoot for but it's very bad news if you thought disneyland was going to open this year <laughs> yeah she's not opening this year no there's, she closed <laughs> yeah there's uh uh yeah larger theme parks will only be permitted to reopen in counties let me turn the happy music off for a second uh (laughs) larger theme parks will only be permitted to reopen in counties that have reached the least restrictive or yellow fourth tier of california's reopening framework and even then capacity will be limited to 25 percent orange county home to disneyland is currently actually this article says the disneyland Uh, Yeah, it's currently in the second or red tier of that matrix, which is also, it's red, but it's also like uh, highly susceptible to spreading. It's like, it's not just red. Yeah. It's like very cautious kind of a thing. Um, Los Angeles County, home to Universal Studios, is in the most restrictive or purple tier of the state's framework. (laughs) I like a Universal just wants to open when they're like, you can't get any worse. (laughs) Yeah. Than this, but they're like, come on! This is eleven of being to eleven. Like this is you can't. Oh, but we'll just open. It'll be fine. fine. Social distancing. Uh, Personally, I think that we can look forward to a yellow tier by next summer. Hopefully, hopefully, said Dr. Clayton Chow, director of the Orange County Healthcare Agency. Uh, Smaller, uh, more localized theme parks will be able to open outdoor attractions in the counties in the third or orange tier of the COVID-19 roadmap. Smaller theme parks are considered those with a capacity of 15,000 or fewer. So I don't know what that means. Legoland? I don't know. Yeah. No, I don't know either. Also, like like if you're – but what I don't understand about the Disneyland thing is like their capacity is not 15,000. But they can – why not just let them reopen at 10% capacity then? Yeah. 
Just let them reopen at ten percent. I don't know. Like, it just why? And I, I want. I, I wonder what DCA's capacity is. Yeah, I don't know. Hi. Shouldn't be fifteen. It's more than that yeah. for sure. I yeah. think. Uh, the theme park reopening guidelines include smaller theme parks. Uh, we already said that uh, ticket sales will be limited to residents of the same county. What? What does that even mean? Well, so this is for the smaller theme park oh, a reopening oh. guy, but I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Does that mean that we couldn't buy tickets and then go down there? I think that's what that means. I yeah, think that's, that's what, what that means. Like. Yeah, all theme parks may resume operations in tier Weird. four at twenty percent capacity. Seriously. All theme parks must implement a reservation system and screen guests for symptoms in advance. Face coverings are also mandatory throughout the park, except while eating or drinking. Um, yeah, blah blah blah. Uh, Golly added that the more restrictive rules were established for larger theme parks like Disneyland, Universal, Knott's Berry because of tourism that attractions draw brings people from outside communities to the area. So that's why they're more restrictive is because you're going to have people coming from outside into the area. That is, And if you look at the numbers in Orange County, even historically, they're rising. They are. It's a slow uptick, but they're, they're going up without Disneyland open, but with DCA open. Or not DCA, uh, Downtown Disney. You can't necessarily pin it on downtown Disney, but ca- but cases are rising there. It's the same <laughs> thing with Florida. Florida cases are sort of on the rise. You can't trace it back to to, to Disney World, but Florida's not really known for doing proper contact tracing, anyways. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean. And then these are these are people who may not even uh, get tested, and then they're asymptomatic, and they give it to somebody else who then gets testing. Because no, I've never been to Disneyland or Disney World. It's it's a very convoluted thing in a country where we're not really so set on contact tracing. It's impossible to determine where these cases are actually coming from. But yeah, uh, Ken Potrock. Oh yeah, yeah. I love those things, man. <laughs> those are great. The president of the Disneyland Resort issued the following statement. First of all, when did this happen? Who is Ken Potrock? Right, he's the president of the resort. Yeah, I've heard oh, his yeah, name okay. before. Oh, all right. Uh, we have proven that we can responsibly reopen with science-based health and safety protocols strictly enforced at our theme park properties around the world. Nevertheless, the state of California continues to ignore this fact, instead mandating arbitrary guidelines that it knows are unworkable, and that holds us to a standard vastly different from other reopened businesses and state-operated facilities. And he goes on and on crying. He's playing the world's smallest violin, but it's like, this is what I tell people online. I've been arguing with people for a couple of days. They go, oh, malls are open, but how long do you spend at the mall? Hour, two hours, maybe. How long do you spend at Disneyland? Eight, nine, twelve hours. Well, it's, and they're they're just they're different. It's they're different. I saw a really good argument today um, on on why Disneyland is different than like a mall or a movie theater and things like that. And it's because you have people going to Disneyland from other countries. Mm. There's people coming from all over the place to go to Disneyland. You're not coming from all over the place to go to the mall down the street. And so it's bringing like a different, wider audience that then goes back, back. So if they get it, bring it back. Like it can, it has a different sort of like volume, I think, of of potential risk. Which makes complete sense why they're saying only people from that county. You know, if you have people or travel, even if you travel from NorCal and go down there, be going to possibly bring it back up here. Completely makes sense. Yeah. So uh, the California Attractions and Parks Association is planning a virtual news conference um, 
well, I guess maybe it happened yesterday. I don't know. Um, but they released this statement. To say the announcement on uh, theme parks is disappointing would be a grave understatement. The governor has not used science or data to inform his decision. Theme parks have been open and operated safely around the world for months. Data and science prove that theme parks can operate responsibly. It's just, it's just victim-blaming and just politicking, and I, I don't like it. It makes me uncomfortable. Mm. I hate it. Like, why is this divisive? He's, he, Newsom is keeping the park closed because the cases in Orange County are not stabilizing. They lower right. and then they rise and they lower and they rise, but they don't get below a certain threshold. All he wants is for people in that county to meet a certain threshold, but they can't do it. People in Orange County cannot do this. And I don't know why that's I don't know why that. Well, is. we can't either. But we don't have Disneyland. <laughs> I know. I but... mean, I see, I see your point. It's a valid point. But these people in Orange County are crying and whining about not being able to go to Disneyland. But they're the ones keeping the cases up. I mean, Orange County's really big. It's not just Anaheim. So, I know. yeah, I'm oh, yeah. just saying. Yeah. No, I mean, you bring up a good point. I think. I think. I just like attacking people. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I. I, I think <laughs> Newsom has his hands tied, and I think that it also. It's it, tough. It doesn't look good for him because other states are opening. Yeah, that's the that's the problem people have. Yeah, and I think people look at it as being political, and then also he's trying to. And their opinion, changing the rules or, you know, yeah. halfway through. Well, now we have large parks and small parks. And um, I, I, God, this is why I'm not running for president yet. I don't want to be in this position. <laughs> yeah. 2024, though. It's tough, man. It's tough. It's a, it's a, I don't want to be in his position. It's impossible. <laughs> but yeah. I support his position because he's trying to keep everybody safe in yeah. a state and in a country where that's been very hard to do for people. And, and he's not getting any uh, support. No, no support. For, I mean, like uh, federal support, at least. Oh, for sure. So, and from what I saw, the last thing I saw, like California is doing better than a lot of other states. So we are, well, I think I'll get to that here. Maybe I want, I mean, it's something like we're like second in cases right now. Like we're not doing great. Um, but that's because our numbers have always been so high in these other states, like <laughs> in the Midwest, because mm-hmm. of the Sturgis rally. A lot of cases that were linked to that Sturgis rally are now yep. you see the, the spikes in the Midwest because of the motorcycle rally. Their cases are were low to begin with, but now they're rising, but they're not nearly as high as ours because we have we, ours were still already high. But we're we're stable. We're not spiking. Yeah. But we can't seem to like lower it. And I don't I don't understand why. Um the Walt Disney Company CEO Bob Paycheck, that's what I call him now, says it will continue to cap attendance at the Florida theme park at 25% until there is new guidance from the CDC. Uh, quote, we're limited by the six-foot social distancing guidelines of the CDC, and that translates essentially to about a 25% park capacity. Every day, that's about where we're at, 25%. And that won't change until the CDC guidelines change. Now, what he's saying, it sounds like, that they they hit their 25% park capacity every day, but we know that that's not true. Jeremy was there. When Jeremy and I were talking about it on, uh, in depth on Thursday, things were starting to get crowded, but for those first couple of months, they were probably at a 5 or 10% capacity. And it's sort of like yeah. reflective of what we also reported on earlier. Like They're just maybe now sort of trying to hit 20%, but I don't think they're at 25 And that's from what Jeremy sees too. It's, they're, not, they're not at 25 yet. 
But I think Bob is spinning this a little bit to make it like, well, Disneyland. That's the thing is, is, is people compare Disney World to Disneyland and they say, well, they've been at 25, but they haven't been at 25. They've been at five and then slowly at 10. And then now they're at maybe 15 or 20. There are people grouping up. There's shoulder-to-shoulder contact. There's more people in crowded areas. And I think those faults are sort of poking through now. So we'll see. Also, Florida cases in Orange County and Florida are sort of on the rise. But there's there haven't been any cases that have or that maybe not any, but like there it's ticking up, but it's not due to Disney World. Or well, at least that's not what we're hearing. Well, but but that's what I was saying is they don't know that because they're not do they don't do accurate contact tracing. Um, there have been employees that have been tested positive for co- for COVID, but they can't say that if they caught it at work or not. And it's it's sort of impossible to tell, like if, especially with the, the rise in sort of asymptomatic people. If I get it and I give it to you. But I, I'm asymptomatic, and then you go to the store, and then you go, well, did you get it from me, or did you get it from the store? I, you know what I mean? It's hard to say. It's, it's, it's really hard to pin down. Yeah. Um, yeah, anyway, I don't know. That's all. Oh, wait, here we go. Uh, though the situation has improved, the CDC data still puts California second in the country in terms of new cases reported in the last week, with 22,850 trailing only Texas. Dang. So, just a little bit of doom and gloom there. We do have a lot more people. We do have a lot more people, for sure. But that's sort of the point, right? It's like, that's why he's trying to be so restrictive. Is yeah. He just doesn't want another spike. And I, I respect that, and I get it. Right or wrong, I don't know. If you think he's wrong, then run for governor. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Otherwise, put a mask on. Stay away from people. That's it. That's my story. If you can. Not everybody can. Of course. Yes, of course. Okay. Um, why did I close that sheet? I think we're done. I think that was good. Do you guys have anything to say? Good job, everybody. No, I liked them all. Yeah, they were very good this year. Yeah. Not like last year. Woof. No, last Woof. year they were. Well, don't last worry. year was the inaugural, and they were good. Don't worry. Next year will be even better. Yes. So who wins? It's not a competition. It is always chat room. Who wins? Not a competition. Okay, yeah, chat light it up. Who wins? Who wins? <laughs> Brad says Petros for governor. Look for five bucks in your mailbox if you save me. <laughs> in your wow. mailbox? Yes. Yeah. Email <laughs> mail. Brad. You have everyone's address? You want me to, I, I will. I'll get it. Vote <laughs> for me. I will get your address. Uh, don't forget to ask for the 21st Amendment beers wherever you find good craft beer. Everybody support the 21st Amendment. They support us. They're good people. And... Uh, most of them are good looking, too. And then, of course, this is the last show of the month, so I want to give big shout-outs to our $12 and up Patreon supporters for the month. Gustavo, Micah, Ryan, Michael, Berkeley Rugby, Nick, Marie, Andrew, Melissa, Carrie, Eric, Matt, Jimmy, and Tiffany. Thank you guys so much for uh, supporting the show and being a part of everything we're doing here. Uh, it means a lot to us. It means a lot to everybody here. And... Um, yeah, thank you very much. All right. If you're listening live and you are a Patreon supporter, we're going to be uh, 15 minutes away from a secret show. That'll be good. we got a lot of news. And uh, Taryn's going to make a drink today. I'm excited about that, so I don't have to do it. So uh, the link is now in Patreon, so you go over there, wait for us in the uh, YouTubes, and, uh, you know, like that. All right. Thanks a lot, everybody, for tuning in. And until next time, we'll see you in the parks. If you dare. <laughs> <coughs>